This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Chip Brown, Horns 247, has a show in the afternoon. His longtime writer, columnist, joins us on 365 Sports. And Chip, thank you. Time with Craig and Paul. And I'm David Smoke. So uh, how much... It seems like there's some schools that are going to be teams in the in the semifinals. I'm sure everybody could get a break and, and earn the break and enjoy the break. How much did Texas need that? Because it seemed like they were peaking at the right time. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's kind of a a double edged sword. But I'll say this: they needed to get um, Ryan Watts healthy. Their bound, their six foot three boundary corner. Uh, going up against this Washington um, number, you know, top-ranked passing offense in FBS, 2,000-yard receivers and Roma Dunze and Jalen Polk. So as well as things were kind of coming together for Texas, uh, they needed to end Xavier Worthy with the, uh, with the ankle injury in the Big 12 title game. He needs to get healthy. So um, I think – They'll take the recovery over the momentum. Chip, uh, is, did in the last two games, did Quinn Ewers move from good to great? Well, he, he showed against Alabama that he could play at an elite level. And I think he, you know, tapped back into that against Oklahoma State and you know, you want to, you know, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you want to know your quarterback can rise to the to the moment, that the moment's not too big. And obviously it helps to have receivers like A.D. Mitchell, uh, tight end like Tavian Sanders and, and Xavier Worthy. Uh, but, yeah, that was, you know, that was his best game as a Longhorn by the numbers. Now, the interception he threw was terrible um, and led to a touchdown for Oklahoma State, but you know, everything else he did, throwing for 450 and you know, moving the ball all over the field to different playmakers was you know, was outstanding. So uh, I think that you know, he very well might have to do it again in the Sugar Bowl because this could could end up being a bit of a shootout and and Quinn Ewers has shown he can he can handle that. Chip, what have you thought about the way the run games uh, or how they produced uh, with the absence of Jonathan Brooks and, and obviously a very cool moment there at the end of the game, Sark getting Brooks there to to knee it out. Just your thoughts on on both of those things. Yeah, I, I'll start with the Brooks moment first. I, I thought you know, first of all, Jonathan Brooks, what a great uh, story he was through the first, you know, uh, nine, ten games of the season. And then for him to suffer the, the torn ACL against TCU, your your heart just sunk because the guy was doing everything possible. And he really was the MVP of the offense at that point of the season. I mean, and he just embodied everything you want a guy who's fighting through tackles and, you know, always get picking up yards after first contact. And, and so 
you know, for Sarkeesian to be that forward thinking and tell the team on Thursday, you know, when we win and we are taking the, the knee for the victory formation, Jonathan Brooks will be on the field with us. I thought that was really cool and really gets to Steve Sarkeesian and his connection with his players and, um, and their connection with each other. And then as far as the running game, I think, you know, Jaden Blue has been, uh, you know, he's been a, a, a revelation here these last two games against Texas Tech and against Oklahoma State. C.J. Baxter, big, strong back um, who can catch the football. But, you know, Jaden Blue, who had not been used very much until Jonathan Brooks went down, uh, has shown, hey, I'm good for 10 to 15 carries, too. Don't forget about me. So uh, Texas still has uh, a little, you know, one-two punch, a rotation there at running back. And you put in Keelan Robinson, Mm -hmm. who's had four touchdowns in the last two games. Uh, And Sark does such a great job of drawing up plays um, for, for Keelan Robinson. Now it was pretty much two outside zone uh, running plays that he scored from 57 yards and 10 yards in the Big 12 title game, but he had a screen uh, against Texas Tech, and Sark's screen game is is just so good. So um, yeah, that Texas looks like they're you know they're still two dimensional. Robinson, I know he hasn't had a lot of carries as far as rushes, uh, just 12. He's averaging 11.2 yards per carry. And it does seem like every time he carries the football, it's 25 to 30 yards and, and about every other time a touchdown. Yeah, and he's a veteran. You know, he's ready. He's always ready. And I think that Sarkeesian um, has turned to him with Jonathan Brooks injured and said, okay, you know, you're doing everything for us in the return game and on special teams, trying to block, you know, punts and kicks and um, – you know, now we need you to help carry the load in terms of the offense, and the guy just does whatever's asked. It's going to be fun to, to see. You know, he, he might remind you a little bit of like a Devontae Turpin type of player who uh, will probably make an NFL roster next year as a return guy and will just do anything that's asked. Chip Brownhorns 247 with us on 365 Sports. Chip, this, um, you know, the bad matchup for the Longhorns in this one is the wide receivers versus the secondary, which is struggle. But you mentioned getting Ryan Watts back. Is that where you think the kind of rubber meets the road uh, when it comes to how this game will go from this very vaunted Texas defense? Well, they've got to stay aggressive. You know, they they got those three score leads against Houston, TCU, and K-State, and they – started to play soft coverage, try and, you know, zone, try to keep everything in front of them. And it, they're just not built for that. And Sarkeesian finally, you know, went to Kwiatkowski and said, hey, we just, we got to stay aggressive. This is what we, you know, said we were going to do. We're going to play up on the line. And, and you know, a guy like Malik Muhammad, the freshman, that's what he's all about. Like, he's better in man than he is, you know, playing zone as a true freshman. And so they got back to getting up on the line against Texas tech and, and just running with receivers. And if they give up a big play, they give up a big play, but um, they're not just going to get completely annihilated uh, in the passing game. 
And that's what was happening. You know, when they get these leads, they, they build the lead one way and then change. And, you know, against Washington, I, I get that you can't play man every snap and they're going to be really tricky. And, and, and Kalen DeBoer does a good job of, of moving receivers around and not letting you kind of get uh, into a, a rhythm. But Texas has got to stay aggressive because they are just not um, – they have not shown that they can, you know, play decent zone coverage against a, a quarterback and receivers who can, who can get hot. And good God, Michael Penix, we know he can get hot with guys like Roma Dunze and, and Jalen Polk and Jalen McMillan. So it's going to be fascinating. But, yeah, they need Ryan Watts. They need, you know, Malik Muhammad. They need Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes. They need all those guys to be, you know, totally on their game. And with 15 practices, the equivalent of spring football, you would expect that you'll see the best product yet that we've seen. Chip, Texas has had a lot of great defenders, a lot of great defensive linemen over the years, but uh, with their big guys up front right now, uh, how does that stack up, do you think, to years past and especially some of the better Texas teams you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I wrote um, an article at Horns 24-7 um, earlier in the season about how Tavondre Sweat and, and Byron Murphy, you know, they stack up with, um, you know, Roy Miller and um, Lamar Houston and, uh, probably, you know, you go all the way back to Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. I mean, the way these guys feed off each other, their chemistry together, um, Vondre Sweat, the 362-pound, immovable object, and Byron Murphy, who just penetrates. I mean, he, he just gets into gaps. And, and credit Bo Davis, the defensive line coach, for, for making that, uh, getting Pete Kwiatkowski to – to commit to that because that's that's what you know Byron Murphy's so good at and he's been a he's been such a force and and he and Sweat together and and Baron Sorrell and Ethan Burke I mean Ethan Burke leads the team in sacks and he played four games with a serious knee injury got arthroscopic surgery during the season missed the BYU game came back and had two sacks in the K-State game including a strip sack it's a five that Texas scored on the next play. So, um, yeah, this front is for real. And, you know, it's not a great matchup for Texas. They probably match up better with Michigan, honestly, um, because no one is, is really run on them with a design running game. You know, Dylan Gabriel ran for 113 yards, but majority of those were on broken play scrambles and, and, uh, you know, as far as just trying to run their normal offense, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State with Taj Brooks and Ollie Gordon, you know, two of the top three rushers in college football, they couldn't they couldn't do it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how much pressure they can get on Michael Penix because that's going to be the key, especially if they can get pressure up the middle. You know, Chip, coaches ever since Mac left – there has been this culture and sometimes that might be overrated or maybe brought up, but it seems like Sark has done it methodically because there has been with the glitz and glamor entitlement that is 
at times eating up that program. How did it change? How did he take, like, I just look at Jordan Winningham and, and the numbers he has, 38 catches. A, that's a star. That's a guy that could be a star somewhere else. Or Keelan Robinson with 11, 12 carries, but he's got a kick return for a touchdown. How has he been able to manage them? And it's easier said than done to truly believe in what is better for the team rather than for you. Yeah, and I give Sark a lot of credit. I mean, I think his first year he was observing and, and evaluating who who was in, who was out, and and they went five and seven, <laughs> and it was ugly six six game losing streak, longest since nineteen fifty six. Um, but then you know Bo Davis kind of did the yep. you know took the trash out on that bus in Ames, Iowa, saying you know some of you bleeps need to get in the portal if you think this is funny, and he sort of said what all the guys on the team who wanted to be there were thinking. And, and so, you know, Sarkeesian and Bo Davis joke, Sark's always like, Hey Bo, they're going to build a statue of you in the North end for that moment. Cause that sort of was the tipping point. And then Sark, you know, started instituting the culture Wednesdays where he was having all the players, meet in groups during the summer so that every player on the team got to know the life story of every other player on the team. And, and I think that, you know, that is the kind of stuff that builds a bond and, and Sark was first, you know, he always went first and was vulnerable and talked about, you know, his life lessons and, and why, this job matters to him and why the players matter to him. And, you know, his son is in the room, you know, Brady Sarkeesian is in the room. And it it just, I think the players really felt like, okay, this guy is, this guy's about us. And, um, and so they were willing to, to give back to him. Chip, the, the, the break, we discussed that the momentum to give that up, to get healthy with especially a couple of key players worthy, had the ankle, which could have like been really disastrous, could have been a ligament, could have been a bone. He seems like he'll be okay among some others. Um, give me an unsung hero on this team of otherwise a bunch of players that are really, really good. Is there? A, give me a couple of them if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, I think you know when you you look at um, you know hell special teams. You know, Ryan Sanborn, the punter, who's averaged 46 yards of punt. Burt Auburn, who started off the season five of nine, and people were questioning whether, you know, he should give Will Stone a try kicking field goals. And then, you know, Sark stands by him. The kid makes 19 field goals in a row. Um, and then, you know, I think there are some guys who are kind of waiting. Well, Anthony Hill, I mean, yeah. everyone knows about him, the five-star, but for him to come as far as he has, I, I did a story today comparing his numbers to DeMarvian Overshone. Both, you know, Overshone was the second leading tackler last year. Anthony Hill's the second leading tackler this year. And he didn't even, you know, he was a situational pass rusher at the beginning of the year. He's got more sacks than Overshone had last year. Um, more, you know, quarterback hurries. That kid has, you know, just become a monster here in front of our eyes. So um, Jalen Ford told me that kid's going to be better than I am. And if he's not, I'll be disappointed. So uh, Derek Williams, 
at safety, another guy who's kind of just gotten better and better as the season has gone on. He got ejected for targeting in the second half of the, the very first play of the second half on the kickoff. It was, uh, you know, they're, and then they appealed it and they didn't, it, it was denied. So he's going to miss the first half of the sugar bowl. And that, that hurts because, um, you know, he's been one of the better safeties going up against, uh, at Washington defense. Chip, appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. It should be one heck of a countdown to to what's going on. When the, the, the Big 12 found out that Texas and OU were leaving a couple of summers ago, there has been this narrative, and a lot of it because Texas was not reaching what most people thought there is their standard of, of what it should be. Have they kind of like put people on alert because of the run they've made that, hey, we're going to be just fine next year when we join the SEC? I, I mean, we'll see how, you know, they're going to lose Devondre Sweat. They're probably going to lose Byron Murphy, A.D. Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, uh, maybe J.T. Sanders to the, to the league. So, but they're good in the trenches. I mean, if they get Alfred Collins back, Vernon Broughton back, they should have the offensive line back. They should be able to compete in the SEC. And Quinn Ewers, I think, is still trying to figure it out. He's he's not a slam dunk to go to the league. We'll see how these next couple, you know, if see how this game goes against Washington and and whatnot. But um, you know, I think Sark's done a really good job in recruiting. He's got to continue to build up that beef on the defensive line. That's that's gonna make or break it because he did not recruit uh Tavondre Sweat and that guy turned into you know an all-american of outlet trophy finalist and now he's got to bring in those guys because we all know that outside of quarterback those difference making defensive tackles you know like Siaka Ika at Baylor those are the guys who um you know they're the most important guys outside of the quarterback in recruiting and they're the hardest to find. Thank you, Chip. Appreciate your time. Chip Brown, 247 Sports with us on UT. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.